Can we just hold our hands? Close your eyes. Just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Hey! Ha! Let him loose, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill us up. 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 We love your presence. We bless your presence. We honor your presence. You are God. You are God. Thank you. Okay, you can sit down now. Thank you. That was the spirit, okay? Now we're going to have the word. So the spirit and the word go together. It's important. This morning I want to talk about applying the word to being doers of the word. So important for us to take hold of the word of God to recognize that the word of God is truth. It's eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's words will never ever pass away. Isn't that good news? This ground under our feet will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. So we can stand upon it, we can rely upon it, we can trust it. You know, in Acts 3 verse 21, it speaks about the restoration of all things. God is in the business of restoring all things. And I couldn't really speak this morning without going back to the Garden of Eden, could I? Because there's still more stuff in there that we haven't exhausted. And way back in the Garden of Eden, there was God, he created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve in the Garden, they trusted God's character and they trusted God's word. Until the serpent came and deceived them. At that moment, they stopped trusting God's character and stopped trusting his words. We're going to see the restoration of all things where God has taken his back and on the new heaven and the new earth, we're going to trust God's character again and trust his words. And we're all that journey. You see, in the garden, there was perfect harmony. There was God, there was Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were in perfect harmony with God. They were in harmony with themselves, spirit, soul, and body. They were in harmony with one another, and they were in harmony with the earth. When sin came in, disharmony entered this world. And we are back in a journey to where all things are coming back into harmony. All things are coming back into harmony. Where mankind is once more in harmony with God, mankind is going to be in harmony with one another, and we're going to be in harmony with the earth, because creation itself is groaning, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Everything's coming back into harmony. And we're in this journey at the moment, and God wants us not just to be in harmony with Him, but to be in harmony with His words. And so we need to take the word of God and begin to apply it to our lives. You know, it's great that we do have the Word of God because it's a light to our path. We need never ever walk in darkness because the Word will shine light upon our pathway. And you know, there's all these experts out there and people criticize the Word of God, but the Bible is still the best-selling book in the world. 
In fact, it's been top of that list for the bestsellers list for so long. They've taken it off the list now because it embarrasses them. It's still the best-selling book in the world. And it's getting translated into lots of different languages and people like David Sue Pearson, you know, where, where people don't have a Bible, they help them to translate it into their own language. I mean, I don't know how many different English versions we've got. I mean, on my iPad, I've got about 33 different versions. That's just in this. 33 different versions of the Bible in this. I mean, praise God for technology because it wasn't that long ago in my office when I like to look things up in different versions of the world, and all these verses scattered around me, I could hardly get in my office. All these different Bibles. In fact, I couldn't pick up 33 different versions of the Bible, but I can now, I can do it with one hand. Isn't it good? So praise God for technology. So we should pay heed to the best-selling book in the world, because it's filled with truth. And that's what we need to know. We need to know truth if we're going to live successful and effective lives for Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. It's knowing the truth that will set us free from the lies and deceptions of the enemy. Praise God for that. Isn't it good? Don't sound too sure out there. You know, we also have that prophecy by Smith Wigglesworth about when the spirit and the word come together, this nation will see the greatest revival it's ever seen. I believe that. See, revival is not just a matter of the presence of God, it's also a matter of the Word of God. We need to be revived according to the Word as, as well as being revived with the Holy Spirit. True revival will bring the Spirit and the Word together. Who's read Psalm 119? Some people out there are not reading your Bibles. Never read Psalm 119? You need to read it. It's filled with King David's excitement about the Word of God. Some of the things he said is this. I love your Word. I will obey your Word. Your Word is good. Your Word comforts me. Your Word strengthens me. Your law is my delight. Revive me according to your Word. David's excited about the Word of God. Because he knows that Word can change his life. And he knows that Word is true. And God wants us to start and get excited about his word. You see, we're at war. Now, whether you want to be at war or not, you're at war. You can say, well, I'm not going to be at war. Well, that's fine. The enemy's still going to get you anyway. So you might as well learn to fight the fight of faith. But that battle isn't a battle of power. It's a battle over truth. It's to deal with the lies and deceptions of the enemy against the Word of God, which is truth. That's our battle. Even in the world, the kind of battle that's going on out there, actually, it's nothing to do with the bombs and the guns. It's to do with truth. It's to do with what people believe in their hearts. Because we will all act accordingly. What we believe will affect our behavior. So if we believe it's right to blow people up, we will. It's to do with truth. So we are in a battle for truth. The church of Jesus Christ is in a battle for truth. Your individual life, there's a warfare taking place up here in your mind. There's a battle for truth. But we can win the fight because we know the truth. And we know the one who is the truth because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
Isn't that good? So the word of God is very, very important. But the word, to be effective, needs to land in a good heart. Now, I'm not going to give you any clues here, but I'm just going to, I'm going to read the parable of the soul in a minute, but I'm just going to come across the different, I'm going to scatter seed. Here I am. I'm sowing the word of God this morning. Some of you will sit and look at me. Some of you will catch it. Some of you will take it. I'm just scattering seed here. I'm the sower sowing seed. I'm just scattering seed here. I'm taking it out of my bag and I'm scattering seed. There's the seed of the word over this section. I'm taking more out of my bag. I'm scattering seed over this section. The seed of the word of God. Now let's see what kind of effect that seed has. In Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 3 through to 20, Jesus says this, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, that was me. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it didn't have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell amongst thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell in good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some a hundred. This is what it means. The sower sows the word. That was me. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. That will happen to some of you here today. These likewise are the ones sown in stony ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness, but have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. You recognize that persecution, trials and tribulations arise for the word's sake. Why is that? Because the enemy knows when that word becomes living and active in our heart, we immediately become dangerous people. Because that word will change our lives. That word will do something within us. And so persecution comes against us for the word's sake. The moment you start to believe God in a particular area, I'd be very, very surprised if all hell is not let loose against you in that particular area. Why the devil doesn't want you getting to know the fact the word of God is true and will work in your life. So persecution and trial and tribulation comes for the word's sake. Not for your sake, for the word's sake. Now these are the ones sown amongst thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown in good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. If you need to take that as it stands, there's four groups of people. You could say that There's four groups here today. Or you could say, I'm going to hear the word of God today. I'm going to accept it and apply it to my life. We have choices. 
Some will leave here today and the enemy will come and snatch away this word. And that's it forgotten. What's the word going to be next Sunday? See, there's four types of heart here. There's a hard heart. That's the first one. Someone who doesn't pay any attention or accept the word of God. Sunday by Sunday we come to church. The word goes in one ear, out the other. It never actually goes from a head to a heart and we never take it and apply it to our lives. Some people like that are here today. That's not being prophetic, that's just stating a fact. <laughs> a shallow heart. Someone who in the surface loves God and His Word but don't really have any depth to the walk with God. So when trials and tests come, They don't continue. And remember I said it's for the world's sake. And they stumble. Those that have a worldly heart. Someone who hears the word but still far too much in love with the things of the world and the cares of the world. They've never really got to that place where they've died to self and they're living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. They've never got there yet. Immaturity. But then we come to those who have a good heart. Someone who hears the word, accepts it, and applies it to their life and bears fruit. Thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold. Let me ask you a question. What group do you want to be in? What group do you want to be in? Do you want to be those that have the hard heart? Do you want the shallow heart? Do you want the worldly heart? Or do you want the good heart? Say to someone next year, I'm going to have a good heart. Say there's good soil in my heart. The word of God's going to grow in me and bear fruit. See, God wants His words to bear fruit in all our hearts. He wants the whole church to be fruitful. Every single one of us. He wants us to bear fruit that represents the kingdom of God. Believing, accepting the word of God and applying it to our lives is how we're going to do it. Derek Prince, after years in the ministry, would say to people when they went to him for counseling, he would say to them, are you prepared to hear and obey the word of God? And they'd say, no, I can't help you. I've got no answers for you outside the word of God. I say that I've got no answers outside the word of God. I'm not here to tell you my opinion. I'm only here to tell you God's opinion. My opinion won't get you very far, but God's opinion will. God's opinion is always right because it's truth. And God knows our hearts. You see, if we come to church Sunday by Sunday and we don't respond to the word, what happens is, gradually we harden our hearts. We become like a group of religious people that we just come to church, then we come together because it makes us feel good on the inside. Oh, that's good. I feel a bit better now. I'll go home. I can't wait till next Sunday. But we do nothing about taking the word of the God and applying it to our lives. Well, the kingdom isn't built on feelings. It's built on the truth of the word of God. 
Guard your heart. Proverbs 4 says this, Out of the heart flow the issues of life. And we need to keep our hearts soft towards God and make sure our hearts are filled with good soil so when the Word of God is planted, it grows and bears fruit. That's what God wants for His whole church. Good hearts, good soil that bears fruit. Very quiet out there today. Anyone asleep? No, I'll waken you up. This is challenging stuff, isn't it? Good. Good. Okay. We're now going to look at deceiving ourselves. James, chapter 1, verse 21 and 25. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Receive with meekness the implanted word. That word meekness means humility. Receive with humility the implanted word. In other words, submit to that word. Recognize this is the word of God and submit to it. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. We're not just saved once. From the moment of salvation, we go on being saved from the world, the flesh, and the devil. And God goes on saving me from me. He saves you from you. We go on being saved. So we need to receive the word with meekness. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Is it what the Bible says? Not my opinion. If we are not doers of the word, if we only hear the word, we are deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man or woman, observing his natural face in the mirror. That's exciting sometimes, isn't it? For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, he will be blessed in what he does. God's blessing comes through the doing of the word, applying it to our lives, not through hearing it or not through knowing it. If we want God to bless us, we need to become doers of the word. That's what it's all about. God's bringing the Spirit and the Word together in these days. I don't believe it's the theologians getting together with the charismatics. I believe it's God bringing His Word and His Spirit together in our lives. So we take it, we believe it, and we apply it. And we learn to live by faith and walk by faith and not by sight. Because there's so much bad stuff happening out there, we're going to have to learn to live by the Word of God in these last days. That was prophetic. Heaven and earth will pass away, my words will never pass away. See, we shouldn't be controlled by our circumstances or by the things that happen to us. We should be looking, what does the word say about this? That's what I'm going to believe. Anyone deceiving yourselves? Well, all of us are if we're not doing the word. I've got some homework at the end of this for you. And I'll see what happens next Sunday when you come back. 
<laughs> Deceiving ourselves. You see, God's word is true. We need to accept it in our hearts. It's not because we feel like it's true. We believe it's true. It's nothing to do with our feelings. See, God's word is true whether we feel it's true or not. We believe it because it is true. We live in a society where everyone's truth is, quote, equal. You know, my truth is just as important as your truth. No, it's not. There is an absolute, and it's the truth of the Word of God. There are still absolutes in this world. Whether people believe that or not is irrelevant. It doesn't change what is true. (laughs) Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the truth. And the Word of God is true. Satan is the father of lies. And he goes around trying to keep people into bondage. But it's the truth that sets us free from bondage. Every single person here today, including me, will have lies in your life that you're believing. You may not be aware of them, or you may be aware of them. You may not be aware of them, but I'll guarantee that we're all believing lies. And what we believe affects our behavior. And we need the truth of the Word of God to set us free from the lies of the enemy. See? Faith should be our response to truth. And believing what God says is a choice that we make because faith is a choice. It's a choice. That's what faith is. It's a choice. Some might say, I wish I could believe God, but I can't. If you think that, I want to tell you, you're being deceived. I wish I could believe God, but I can't. Because you can. Because God says we can. And he is true. So all of us can believe God, and all of us can choose to believe the Word of God. All of us. It's not something we feel like doing, it's something we choose to do. Believe the Word of God. Now it may be, if anyone here has believed the lies of the enemy for a number of years, you may have to be continually exposed to the truth, but as you begin to take that truth and apply it to your life, you will be set free from whatever it is. From whatever you're suffering from, God's Word will work for everyone. God's Word is medicine. It works. Okay? So for the parable of the sower, deceiving ourselves, now look at building on the rock. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through to 27. Jesus says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man, or woman, who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat in that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat in that house and it fell and great was its fall. You can't get much clearer than that. The words of Jesus. When we hear and obey the word of God, we're building our lives upon the rock. If we just hear the word of God and we don't obey that word, 
We're building our lives upon sand. And when the storms of life come against us, we will fall. The question is this. Are we building our lives on the rock or on shifting sand? Are you building your lives on the rock or on shifting sand? Am I building my life on the rock of God's word or on shifting sand? Do I hear and obey the word of God and apply it to my life? You remember, uh, who's, who's remember the story? I can't remember, the three little piggies. My mother used to do it with this, the three little piggies went to market, something like that, you remember? And then they came back and they built a house out of different things, didn't they? Is this the right kind of little story, rhyme thing? Help me, Yes. Good. It's a long time since I've done this. So the little piggies went to market and they came home and they came back and they built these houses. But the big bad wolf was there. Is this the right story? No, but I thought the big bad wolf huffed and puffed and blew the house down. Didn't they? So the big bad wolf was It wasn't just in Red Riding Hood. It was with the three little piggies as well. Is it the same big bad wolf? Or is that a different big bad wolf? I mean, does anyone know? What do you do in your spare time, for goodness sake? You should be brushing up in your nursery rhymes. Well, anyway, if we build our lives upon the rock, when the big bad wolf comes and huffs and puffs, he will not be able to blow a house down. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Big bad What one's that? What one's that? Is that a song? What is it? It's a song or something, isn't it? What is it? Is it a song? What is it? Is it in the head prayed? What is it? A nursery rhyme? What is it? What is it? Walt Disney? What one is that? Who's afraid of the big... What is it? Is it the three little piggies in Walt Disney, is it? Oh, and they sing that song, do they? Ah, praise God. Solved it. Solved it. So, I knew I'd get that. was hard work. You see, isn't it great how God can use something that, you know, you learned when you sat upon your mother's lap with your little pinky to illustrate the truth of the Word of God to a bunch of intelligent people. Isn't it great? It's great how God does that. The thing is this, watch out for the big bad wolf. But if you're built upon the rock and you hear and obey the word of God, your house won't fall down when he huffs and puffs. That's the good news. So, what's the conclusion and the application of this one? Well, you've got it so far, you've got some of it so far anyway all the way back in the Garden of Eden. God wants his children to trust his character and his motives and his word. Proverbs 3, 5 talks about trusting the Lord with our whole heart, not leaning into our own understanding, acknowledging him in all our ways, and he will direct our paths. That's where God is taking us. We're on this journey back to that place where we trust in God and his word. 
Most of the men and women that have done great things for the kingdom of God did that. They trusted in God and his word. Even when their mind was screaming against them, or circumstances seemed to be saying it is not true, they went on believing and applying that word of God to their lives, and eventually they broke through to a place of fruitfulness. And that's what God wants for all of us, to be back in harmony with God and his word. That's how we're going to change planet Earth. Someone said, what is it? If you just have the spirit, you blow up. If you just have the word, you dry up. You put the spirit and the word together, you grow up. Church, it's time to grow up. We've got to chuck off our short trousers. We're time to grow up and take hold of the word of God in a new way in our lives. I've got some handouts here that I'm going to pass around in a minute. And they simply say this. You can pray and ask God to reveal any lies you're believing. Write them down on a piece of paper. This makes them stark, blunt, and clear. So when you go home today, this is your homework between now and next Sunday. Ask God, get before Father God, say, Father, are there any lies I'm believing in my life? Write them down in a piece of paper. Then say to God, what's the truth? Write the truth down on another piece of paper. Two separate pieces of paper, okay? Then repent of the lies that you've been believing and renounce them specifically. Actually, I've been doing some of that this week. This is where I am. My challenge from God has been whatever is not from faith is sin. And I'm going to work this out in my own life. And this week, God's been exposing lies in my life I've been believing. I've been repenting of them specifically. I renounce each one in the name of Jesus. Father, what's the truth? And I've replaced the lies I've been believing with the truth. So this is hot off the press. When you've repented and renounced them and broken them off your life, throw that first piece of paper away. Throw it away. The lies. Chuck it in the dustbin. Then your second piece of paper, keep reading it and keep speaking it out loud over yourself and your circumstances for the next 30 days. It will change your life. It will change your life. Is that clear? First piece of paper, write down the lie. Second piece of paper, ask God what's the truth. Repent, break off the lies. Then chuck away that first piece of paper, your second piece of paper that contains the truth. Read it and read it and speak it out and speak it out over your life. For the next 30 days, a revolution will take place in your life. You might start becoming the Christian you've always wanted to be. Because the word of God is true and will work for every one of us. So now I've got handouts here that says that, so there's probably enough for one per household, I would imagine. Just, it just says these things so you can do all that. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. Could we stand, please? Father, this isn't rocket science. God, it's so fundamental.
Father, I just want to thank you again today for the Garden of Eden. God, every time I think I've exhausted it, there's something new. And the challenge from the enemy was, as Marcus said a few weeks ago, has God said? He questions the integrity of your character. He questions your motives and he challenges your word. And we would say today, yes, God has said it is written. The word of God is truth. It's absolute. It's living and active. It will never, ever pass away. And Father, I ask for more grace for myself and for the people called Kingdom Life Church that from this day forward, we take hold of the Word of God in a new way and apply it to our lives. And God, we'd stick with it as we read it and confess it over the next 30 days. God, that we get encouraged by this, that we would bear fruit that represents your kingdom. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Father, we want people to see we're true disciples of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says that if we continue in your word, we will know that truth. That means in our experience, and that truth will set us free. So God, set us free from the lies of the enemy and take us forward in the truth of your word in a new way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you.